to European Vascular Podcasts. My name is Melina Vega de Ceniga. And my name is Agla Cabelloneta. This month's editor's choice is Short-Term and Long-Term Outcomes After Endovascular or Open Repair for Ruptured Infrarenal Abdominal Aortic Aneurysms in the Vascular Quality Initiative by Dr. Doria and colleagues. We go back to research on abdominal aortic aneurysms, comparing EVAR and open repair, this time in a ruptured scenario. This is relevant considering that the first line of treatment has shifted from open to endovascular repair in just the last decade, driven mainly by reduced early morbidity and mortality, and also by increased endo experience and maybe even greater comfort with endo than with open techniques in the younger generation currently on call. In the midst of other published papers addressing the same issue, what was the precise objective of this study? The aim of this study, as stated by the authors, was to contrast the short and long-term outcomes after EVAR or open repair for ruptured AAA within the large contemporary U.S. National Registry Data Vascular Quality Initiative. The Vascular Quality Initiative gathers data prospectively from almost 400 North American academic and community hospitals. It is managed by SVS, which evaluates projects and requests for datasets by investigators. What patients did the authors select for this study? They included all ruptured infrarenal AAA that underwent attempted repair between January 2004 and October 2018. They excluded patients who died before incision or were not offered repair at all, as well as symptomatic aneurysms or elective repairs. They also excluded six patients who were recorded as having undergone two open or two endovascular procedures in the same month and year, and 38 patients who had been converted from EVAR to open repair, but there were no records of the index endo procedure available. What were the endpoints of the study? The primary outcomes were in-hospital mortality and overall post-discharge mortality. Secondary outcomes included cardiovascular complications, that is myocardial infarction, new-onset congestive heart failure and or dysrhythmia, respiratory complications, namely pneumonia and reintubation, postoperative hospital and intensive care unit length of stay, adverse discharge status other than home, rates of packed red blood cell transfusions, and one-year post-discharge aortic reinterventions. How did the authors address potential confounding? They used inverse probability weighting to adjust for treatment selection, using the entire dataset, but giving greater weight to patients with similar characteristics between groups and less weight to those less likely to receive either treatment. Also, in the weighted cohort, uni- and multivariate models were used to identify factors independently associated with outcomes. Okay, so how many patients did the study finally include? 4,257 patients. 2,399 of whom, that is 56.1% of the cohort, received EVAR, and 1,868, that is 43.9% of the cohort, received open repair. Interestingly, the use of EVAR increased from 7.8% in 2004 to 67.2% in 2018. Centers with lower yearly case volume tended to perform more open repair. Centers with higher volume showed similar proportions of EVAR and open repair. Before waiting, EVAR patients were older, more often male, diabetics, with slightly greater history of heart failure but less coronary artery disease, with smaller aneurysms, lower prevalence of hemodynamic instability at presentation, longer median time from symptoms and admission to repair, but shorter procedure time. Waiting balanced out most of those differences. Right. What were the primary outcomes? 
overall hospital mortality decreased from 29.4% in 2004 to 24.7% in 2018. Multivariate analysis showed a twofold independent mortality risk after open repair compared to EVAR. Preoperative hemodynamic instability also increased the risk significantly, with an odds ratio of 7.07 for preoperative cardiac arrest. Hospitals with higher annual AAA volume had reduced mortality rates, with an odds ratio of 0.62 for the third quartile and 0.69 for the highest quartile volume. Age, smoking, previous coronary artery disease or chronic kidney disease were also independent risk factors for in-hospital mortality. Preoperative treatment with statins was an independent protective factor. Those are figures for early mortality. Five years after surgery, 55% of the patients who had received EVA were alive, compared to 46% of those treated with open repair, and that includes the early deaths. Survival of the patients who were discharged alive from hospital was similar after EVA or open repair. Both curves progress in parallel, with the open repair group carrying the burden of the increased hospital death throughout the follow-up period. The curves seem to converge after the fifth year, with higher 5-10 to 10 year mortality in the EVA group, but this time frame has not been analyzed specifically. Age was the only independent risk factor for late mortality. What about secondary outcomes? For some unknown reason, the authors have only published univariate comparison of secondary outcomes in the weighted cohort. They describe significantly higher odds for open repair of myocardial infarction, respiratory complications, blood transfusion, and favorable discharge other than home, and one-year post-discharge reinterventions, with relative risk figures of 1.51, 2.08, 1.60, 2.25, and 2.10 respectively. They also describe longer hospital and intensive care unit stays with incidence ratios of 3.1 and 3.4 respectively. I really miss a multivariate analysis for more conclusive results. The authors conclude that within the Vascular Quality Initiative, EVAR has been increasingly adopted toward the treatment of ruptured AAA with favorable short-term results in terms of morbidity and mortality compared to open repair. This first conclusion is accurately derived from the data. It is supported by other published observational studies, but contradicted by a meta-analysis of three randomized controlled trials and a Cochrane review, which obtained comparable early death rates with EVAR and open repair in the ruptured AAA setting. Again, we cannot harmonize the findings from the RCTs and the observational real-world studies. The methods, and so the perspective, from each of them is different. The meta-analysis included fewer than 900 selected patients eligible for both EVAR and open repair, whereas the observational studies included several thousand unselected and so heterogeneous patients. The data in the RCTs was insufficient to draw conclusions on morbidity, only on mortality, with no significant difference for both 30 and 90-day timeframes for EVAR or open repair in men, with an indication of lower mortality in EVAR for women. The quality of this evidence is better than in observational studies, but may be less amenable to extrapolation. The data depicted in the present study is very vulnerable to bias and confounding. Although an effort has been made to overcome this, it is only a partial solution. In any case, non-superiority, but non-inferiority, does not make EVAR a less valid option at all, as overall improved recovery and discharge home has been proven for EVAR in this setting repeatedly in RCTs and observational studies. They also state, and I quote, unlike elective AAA repair, Survival rates between EVAR and open repair do not converge in long-term follow-up for patients who survive the index hospitalization. I do not think that this second conclusion is correctly drafted. 
The patients who survived the index procedure, be it EVAR or open repair, had similar mid and long-term survival. And as I mentioned earlier, from the fifth year on, the curve seemed to differ in favor of open repair, although we do not have the data to prove this divergence significant or not. The key is the early difference, the increased burden of more mortality for open repair in the first year. And it seems coherent with other knowledge we have obtained for EVAR. In the elective setting, the reduced mortality effect of EVAR is apparent during the first six post-operative months, but it is lost thereafter, with significant survival advantage for open repair in the long term after four to eight years. The question about whether this is similar after the treatment of ruptured AAA is still open. Of course, in this setting, the initial life-saving results are critical and long-term results secondary. Which is why the 2019 ESVS Clinical Practice Guidelines on the Management of Abdominal Aortoiliac Artery Aneurysms recommend EVAR as the first option for the treatment of ruptured AAA when anatomically feasible, with a Class 1 recommendation and level of evidence B. Yes, precisely. As always, we recommend you read the full paper in the European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery, Year 2020, Volume 59, Issue 5, and pages 703 to 716. Thank you, Aglia. And thank you all for listening to our podcasts. We hope you find them useful and enjoyable. Have a great week, everyone. Best wishes. Bye. <laughs>